Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17-time super host, and I've hosted over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere, so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get right into the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. Today, we have on Kim Fitzpatrick from LaunchedHost.com. She is an expert in helping set up, stage, furnish properties, and just get them launched and ready to welcome guests. I wanted to talk to her because, as I mentioned on my Instagram stories the other day, if you saw, every time you set up a listing, I think it takes a year off of your life. And a big thing that a lot of hosts, I think, don't recognize out there, if this is your first time setting up a listing, is yes, you may save some money by doing it on your own, but if it costs you an extra month to get it set up, that is money that you are not earning by renting it out right now. So I wanted to have Kim on to kind of walk us through her process and what she does as a professional in this space, her whole workflow for setting up properties. And then if you do want to attempt to DIY it still, she's going to give us some tips and tricks on how to make it a little bit easier. Uh, Kim, welcome. Do you want to give a little introduction on yourself and how you kind of found this business and found your way into the short-term rental space? Yeah, I'd love to. Hi, everybody. I'm Kim Fitzpatrick. If you have not met me before, I am a former middle school PE teacher. So I think that has lent itself really well to managing the chaos of the install process. And yeah, if you can do that, you can survive anything, (laughs) right? Like a lot of people are just like, I'm overwhelmed. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of activity. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm perfectly content within (laughs) this, but it's my years and years of training working with lovely middle school kids. So anyway, yeah, I, I was, you know, I started Airbnb. I'm like the real OG Airbnb person with a mattress. I like started with a mattress in a spare bedroom, air mattress at that, and just have slowly climbed my way up. And, um, over the years, I just like bought a property with the money that I made and another and another. And, you know, here I am helping other people. So it's how long ago was that? Was this like the early days of Airbnb? It, I would say it, it felt like the early days to me. Some people have more experience than I do, but I think that was probably about seven, eight years ago. Not really sure, but it's been a while. So yeah. So you literally had an air bed. Were you providing breakfast? Was this? I was bed, not. Okay. Nope. I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing at all. I just threw the air bed down and off we went. And it was a great time. I, I've hosted a lot of great people. So. Um, so. How did you go from blowing up a mattress in a spare bedroom to now furnishing, staging, setting up full-on properties and doing this as a profession for other hosts? 
Well, it, it's been an interesting journey. My sisters were adamantly opposed to me bringing strangers in my house with my children who were young in elementary school when I started. And it's it's been a fun shift because now two of my three sisters own short-term rentals themselves. Mm, so how the with tables that, have turned. <laughs> yes, right? So I would go help them, but I have short breaks in the school year when I was a teacher, like one week for spring break or two week Christmas break, but you'd only really be able to leave for a week and these different one week time periods. So one week just became what I would do it in. And there's no super rocket science to it. It just ended up being that is my parenting schedule one week with my kids, one week without. So I'm home when they're home and I go help people when they're not. So it's been, it's been really great. I've loved the journey. I love helping other people. I love taking the stress off. So many people have called and said, how do you do this? I don't know. I'm stressed out. I've pushed my family too hard. My husband and I are about to get a divorce. I just can't anymore. And I'm like, you know what? You don't need that kind of stress. Let me take that from you. I'm going to save you money. I'm going to make this better for you. It's going to be full and completely done. And everyone lives happily ever after. One thing I am absolutely craving for 2024 is simplicity, but we all know that the setup process for a new short-term rental is anything but simple. That is why I'm so excited to tell you about Host GPO. By shopping with Host GPO, you can save up to 75% on furniture, decor, linens, amenities, and supplies, and they only work with a few select brands that are tried and tested to stand up to the wear and tear of guests. With Host GPO, there is no overwhelm of comparing hundreds of brands, variations, and product reviews. You just shop for what you need and rest assured that you are getting the best quality at the best price. Over 300,000 properties are already purchasing through HostGPO, and as the pool of customers grows, so do the discounts that HostGPO can negotiate for us hosts. By signing up through my link in the show notes below, you'll get an exclusive three months of free access to start shopping on HostGPO today. Thank you so much to HostGPO for sponsoring the show and for making it so simple to set up and restock our STRs. So when you started launching listings for other people, it started with your sisters. Were they helpful at all in that process? I don't know the dynamic between you and your sisters. Were they like wanting to be involved or did you really have to learn early on? Like, this is me. Like I am expected to get this thing up and running and ready for the first guest. No, it's been a, it's been a slow process. They were with me. We would go to their places, hang out, you know, do, do the guest experience as well as, as the handyman experience and get them listed that way. Okay. Gotcha. And then how did you decide that you were ready to take this on professionally for other owners, not family? I know a lot of freelancers start by working for their family. And then there comes the day where you get your first real big girl client. What was that like? It was a little bit intimidating, but I don't know. I've always like I said, top PE, but also coached high school varsity sports. I was a two sport college athlete. When it's game time, it's game time. You just go into it like, like game face. Here we go. And you don't quit until you win. So that's, that's what we did. And it, it was successful and stressful and it's been getting less stressful and more successful ever since. <laughs> and now I've got teams that can go on without me that I don't need to be at the projects all the time. And I trust them implicitly. They are amazing. And uh, so we can serve more clients. And that's, that's really rewarding to me to not have to say you have to wait because the whole point is not waiting, right? It's mm -hmm. launched quickly. 
When should an owner, a property owner call you? Is it when they are in escrow? Is it once they have the keys and they've closed? Is it if they've been operating for a while and want to redesign the place and revamp it with some new amenities or new stage details? When is the best time to contact you? So that's a great question that a lot of people ask me. The The best time is honestly when you're about clear to close, if you're buying a new property, because you're going to want to work with a designer and get a design plan and it's going to take some lead time to get the furnishings delivered. So when you start the process at clear to close, it shortens the gap that we have to wait. My team could probably get there in a couple days, but we have to wait for the furniture to get there. So it's important that there is a really strong design plan in place. I will, my team and I need things from designers. We need mood boards, we need inventory lists, and we need floor plan so we know where to put everything and so that it executes on the design vision. So actually, do you have owners call you directly or do you support designers who can do like a virtual design and then you're the one who comes in and installs everything? It's a little bit of both. Um, I think uh, my network tends to be really big. So a lot of people will call me and then I will talk with the owners and the investors and um, I'll see what the property looks like. And I will have a designer in mind that I really like that I um, call them up and reach out to them and, and see what they can do for that owner on their time frame. Honestly, I have loved working with Hayes and Company the most because she has like this whole firm and all of these designers working under her so that she is able to execute on faster timelines than somebody that's just one designer. However, I work with a lot, a variety of designers. So what about if an owner wants to design their place themselves? They've put together all the Pinterest boards and they want to order everything, but they maybe have a full-time job and it's hard for them to get to the property. They just want you to do the install, unbox things, assemble the furniture. Can you assist with that? Or is it easier to go with a designer who might have like a set workflow and can really provide that direction? I will say it is easier to work with somebody that's done it multiple times and understands the full breadth of it, especially designers that have done short-term rentals because they need to account for all of the stocking items that go into a short-term rental, like all the linens and pots and pans and things that designers that are just putting pretty things out may not understand that depth of. However, we work with with owner designers as well and we just make sure we get the same documents from them we review them a little bit more thoroughly before we go out there and try to fill in the gaps for them that they may not see that they're missing okay so what's an expected timeline let's say i'm an owner i am clear to close haven't yet but i'm reaching out to you now and i do plan to design my own space at what point should i be like giving you I I don't know. Do do I give you renderings? Do I just tell you, hey, this is everything I ordered and it's coming on this day? Like what would our back and forth kind of look like? So we are working on that workflow. So I will send you notification. Hey, it's time for this. It's time for this. I'll give you a timeline that I need everything by and the information that I need so that I make it easy for you. Sometimes it's hard to know what to do, but if you're told what to do, you can do Mm -hmm. what you're told rather than try to figure out what you know, what you're supposed to be working on. But the the timeline for the install, we do it in a week. 
And um, we will get there. And seven days later, you will be ready for guests. You'll be ready for professional photography. We will be scooting out in the morning. Cleaners will come in at the end of that day. If you're getting twilight photos, that's when you'd have the photographer. Otherwise, you could just be guest ready. And sometimes the guest will be you as the owner, being able to stay and live like your guest and not like your handyman. Seven days. How many people are you bringing for your projects? Does it depend on the size of the property? It depends on the size, but usually we bring three to four people at like my team consists of three to four people. And then sometimes we need to hire local labor outside of that. But the more my teams work together, the more they get in this really great rhythm and we know each other. We know what we're doing every day. We work until the tasks are done. If that means it's 12, 16 hours, that's what it means. If we can knock it out in eight, that feels amazing. Almost never happens. Uh, but yeah, we, we work, we basically work double weeks every week that we're on a property. And then how would it work with, I, I know that sometimes, you know, construction was expected to be wrapped up by this day and then they want you to come in after, but you're still going to have a few people coming in, hanging out, painting, maybe even they hire a muralist or somebody to install wallpaper. How do you work around those, those contractors? Muralists and wallpaperers are awesome. They work quickly and they take up very little floor space so we can handle them. It's when the kitchen or the bathroom plumbing or tile is not done that creates an added challenge for us. When we have to take dishes to another place to get them washed before we put them in the cabinets, we've definitely done that. Oh uh, we will take laundry offsite to wash it before we fold it and put it in the owner's closet. But usually that's just the fastest way. But yeah, no, 100% of the time that we've been on a job, the contractors have not been finished like they were supposed to. Mm -hmm. And that's when like fun comedian Kim gets tucked away and drill sergeant Kim comes out and gets a little like <laughs> firm with the contractors. And they don't always love me when I'm pushing them to meet their timelines. Who's, who's like to blame in those situations? Is it like the owner should have waited another two weeks to send us? Or is it like this contractor said they'd be done and they weren't like... I would just have such a hard time confronting when I don't know who's to blame, but you it's, guys have a job to do. Honestly, it's one of those things that we know it's a known problem. I, I kind of hate that I'm telling the whole world that we will deal with it because I, I'm pretty stern with the homeowners that we want a little bit of gap in time, knowing right. that they're going to not meet their timeline, but we will go in there and we'll deal with it. But I'm usually pretty nice. It's, we all want this home to succeed. We want, the contractors want to be finished. We want them finished. What is it going to take you to succeed? Can you use my people to get this moving quicker? Can we stay out of your way so that you have a quiet area to work and we will use exterior doors if we need to, to get things around you. We try really hard to work around them and then work with them so that everybody wins. I have a question. I don't know if you're going to want to answer this one, but how do you feel about having the property owner on site while you're there? Does that happen? Is there friction created? Uh. We have had property owners on site. I usually love the owners. They're great. Okay. They're not bad to work with at all. And I would just say that I ask them to pop in and pop out because when they're on site, I feel like I'm distracted and have to like, entertain them and show them around and explain things to them when we just need to be in go mode and I don't have time to do that. Or we end up staying up really, really late and getting grumpy 
if we are entertaining the homeowner during the day. So we ask them if they want to see it. That's great. We love to do a reveal. We almost never get to do that, but we do not want them lingering all day, every day. Okay, uh, sure. I'll probably give them a box and make them lift something heavy up the stairs until they excuse themselves from the project. <laughs> Hope that they get the hint and they're like, maybe I don't want to be here after all. <laughs> right. What What's your advice on uh, shipping and receiving items for different delivery timelines? Should people be getting a storage unit somewhere near their listing? Like things just come no matter how well you try and time it. We all know that things are coming at different times. So we feel like we have finally found a solution. We've tried a lot of different things and some, some areas you can't get a shipping container on there like a condo and you don't have an office that will allow you to <laughs> drop off, you know, dozens and dozens of huge boxes. But we have found the solution with, we have what we call a property caretaker that we will send out to the property for two weeks. And it, it is an added fee, but oh my gosh, it makes everybody's life so much easier. They will go hunt down stuff that was shipped, but not shipped to the porch, like maybe a mailbox that was mm -hmm. never set up. So we will manage that and we will coordinate that with owners because a lot of times you'll find that like, if you buy on Amazon, you don't know when you push like select or whatever it is, add to cart, if it's going to come USPS or UPS. And so if it comes through the post office, it can be a little bit of a nightmare, but you don't know. So we will go get those packages for people, bring them back to the house, manage that because the post office will only hold it a few days. And if you're not checking your emails to see, you see, oh yes, it was delivered. Yay. But you don't look closely. It was delivered to the post office box. Anyway, we have that. So now we feel great about it. We're so excited. It's really low cost because it does help us in our one week install to know everything has gotten there, that we're able to ship things back if they arrive broken. If we see that one out of three boxes has been shipped and you're missing half of your bunk beds, we will start the process on that so much sooner. So it's been a huge help and an absolute lifesaver. What's the name of this role again? The property caretaker? We're calling them the caretaker. Yeah. Okay. But and are they the living caretaker. on site or it's just a local person you contract to just help receive and make sure things are brought in? No, it's one of our team that's trained in our processes okay. that knows how to work with the designers and knows, understands how to manage the inventory list. Those inventory lists are like 200,000 yeah. items. So they know how to manage the list. They know how to communicate really, really well. They know how to handle. So it's one of our team that will come out two weeks early. And yes, it's a lot like glamping. They're living in an empty house. And Hey, um, my next question was going to be, when you guys do your install, are you living on site? You're not getting separate hotels because you're working, what, 18 hours a day sometimes. If there's no bed set up yet, what is happening here? We do that. We set up our beds and often it looks like a twin mattress. That's like the four inch twin mattress on the floor. The first night we come prepared to camp. We will bring our own groceries and our own silverware and our own soap because, and our own toilet paper, like all of it. We bring, we bring it like we're going out into the woods and mm -hmm. first night on the property is usually really rough and it makes us work hard and quick so that we can have nice place to be. So. Mm -hmm. What about in cases, and maybe you just don't even do these, I'm not sure, in cases where there's existing furniture or they bought a house where they sold the furniture and now they're trying to replace things, 
you know, or they've had the rental for a few years, they're trying to upgrade it. Will you guys come in and also haul away those items? Okay. Yeah. Trash management is a huge undertaking. I think if you've not done this, you have no idea the amount of trash that comes from that. Um, It's a full-time job just to have somebody flattening boxes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. No joke. That is in somebody stomping on the styrofoam and squishing it down. Yeah. (laughs) We've got lots of really fun videos of us managing trash, but I will say that we will try to donate items as often as we can, and we will get items off the property and manage that. So either we start with stuff that we remove, we start with the empty slate and we bring twice as much in. It's about the same work either way. I'd love to ask where your job, how like firm do you define your job description? Because I've been on project sites where, you know, you, it's not your job to paint, but something gets scuffed on the way. Like who's making the Home Depot run and picking up the color, the paint color and touching that up, right? Or if you do find that something is damaged and maybe it's just easier to become a handyman and fix this nightstand or whatever it is, then exchange it. Like where, where do you step up and like do those things? And where is it just not your job? If anybody on my team were to say that's not our job, it's probably not the attitude that I would invite back. We just, I tell people you have to come in to, you have to know that you're going to be really flexible, that it's going to be really chaotic. You're going to be asked to do things you never thought you'd be asked to do. And we, you just have to roll with it because we live with each other for seven days straight, sometimes without hot water, sometimes without like amenities and If you're going to be somebody that's going to get grumpy in the middle of the week, I am not up for that attitude. So my people know that it's like we have to take care of ourselves, but also the job. We're here to finish the job. So not my job is not not something that gets invited back to a new project. Okay. Okay. How are you finding because I know you do installs all over the country. Are you flying the same team of people from place to place or do you just have enough contacts now all over the country where wherever that install is, you can like pull in your local reinforcements? So I do a little bit of both. I'll, I'll go, I'll fly wherever we need to fly. I will bring people in that are, that live closer on my teams. Like if I see something is in the Southwest, I'll bring people in from the Southwest and they'll drive in. Sometimes we fly multiple people in. Uh, but it's amazing. Like if you have really high quality people that work really well together, it more than covers that cost just because mm-hmm. it, the cost of training people is pretty significant and finding people that can stand living under these conditions and these work conditions. I tell them this is not a union job. We're not getting breaks every four hours <laughs> for 15 minutes. Uh, is it legal, Kim, how you're <laughs> employing these people? <laughs> I don't know. I probably should talk to the STR law guys. <laughs> But, you know, we have fun. I treat people really well. Uh, I think I think we have a great time. I do have a huge waiting list of interns that want to come and work with us. And I don't know, I, I think it's pretty great. And the feedback I've gotten from the, my teams has been really great. So we're going to keep doing it. How do you handle returns? Certain items that arrive and just end up not looking good or don't fit the measurements or something or they're damaged. If the owner or the designer ordered it in their name, are you even able to process this for them or what what does that protocol look like? 
Sometimes we can, sometimes it's extra challenging. It really kind of depends on where the house is. There was one install we did, we had to drive an hour and a half to take the returns back and it was just a real nightmare. I would say if your designer is somebody that can do all the ordering for you, it costs a little more when the designers do that. But if the designer does the ordering and we do the receiving, we've got a pretty smooth process for handling that. Okay. When the owner does the ordering, it gets a little gummed up, but we do our best to help them return the things. Sometimes we have to stick them in a closet and the owner is on their way because they want to see the finished house anyway. So they're close okay. and they're going to stay for the weekend or a night to see the property and they, they will handle the returns there. Do you also work with the photographer, like if they come on site and just making sure those final things are staged and stuff like that? Are you there throughout their their time at the property? Often I am. If you know me, you know I've I've said how great I think Andrew Keller is. There's also other great photographers that I like to use. And I will talk with the owner. And if they do have a photographer coming in right there, then we will stay. We will make sure things are staged and looking good. Or we will take pictures and say, this is how it needs to look. Uh, make sure it looks this way. And we will help coordinate that staging for photography. Okay. Got it. Are there ever situations where the professional photographer, you have to wait, like they're trying to bring in a drone or something like that. And in those cases, do you just send like some iPhone photos as like a temporary thing to the owner? Or is it really just like, do not list until you have those professional photos? Yeah, I will send, I will send the, I'll try to get five, you know, you get your first five photos or mm -hmm. get like up to 12 that you want to list with that are, I'll do my best to get something that's done that maybe all of the, the mess is behind me, but this corner looks <laughs> really great right now. And so I will send those for the owners when they are working on their listings. Okay, uh, that's great. Or work with the co-host and give the co-host the, the photos so they can get the listings up and running. Yeah, just because from the listing creation standpoint, it's like sometimes Airbnb takes a while to verify the listing. And if you have some peak dates coming up, you at least just want to get the listing up. So that's really nice. You get those placeholder images. Okay. What we really love is that if we can get the owner or the property manager, or the co-host to get it listed before we leave, then I am happy to be the first guest and write a raving review for the property because mm. I'm already there and we can get it. If you can get your listing up, we can definitely get you one of your first five-star reviews really quickly because I'm there. I know I can tell you how great it is. I can tell you the things I love and that you'll look forward to as, as the next guest. So often mm -hmm. we can help with that as well. I have said so many times on this podcast that finding a good, reliable cleaner is the single most important thing you can do to ensure a successful STR business. And if anyone has ever dealt with a bad cleaner, you know I'm right about this. Turno is here to solve that problem for us hosts once and for all. With Turno's Cleaner Marketplace, you can find your dream cleaner and have access to a whole network of backup cleaners in case of emergency. Once you find your trusted cleaner, use the Turno app to manage and automate the entire cleaning process from auto scheduling that gets synced directly to your booking calendar, auto payments, photo checklists, problem reporting, and inventory management. Right now, Turno is offering No Vacancy listeners a $150 Amazon gift card just for trying out Turno's Cleaner Marketplace and completing one clean with them. Just use the link turno.com slash no vacancy to unlock that offer and stop settling for cleaning quality that you're unhappy with. Again, that is turno.com slash no vacancy to find your dream cleaner and snag that bonus $150 Amazon gift card.
What would be your take on if there's ever, and maybe you don't work with this because it seems like most of your clients are probably investors, but if there's ever a situation where it's like a second home and the owner wants to keep some personal items there, are you guys able to like move things into a locked owner closet or just close off a bedroom or a garage? What's kind of the, I don't know, procedure with that? Yeah. So I love that. We have what I'm I need to find a better name for it, but right now I'm calling it our multi-point inspection because I just got an oil change and that's what they called it. And it sounds <laughs> like it sounded like it made sense. But we do like this huge inspection of the property and we we do more than build furniture. We will install smart locks. I think at the last place we installed seven, ten, I don't know. They had so many owner's closets and so many locked areas that we installed a lot of those smart locks. We'll install the cameras, the noise monitoring, the stay fi We'll put all the TVs in oh gas mode. We will make sure everything has the batteries that it needs, the light bulbs, that the lamps are plugged in. Because sometimes if you get like Showplace, they'll plunk a lamp down, but they won't plug it in. They won't put the light bulb in. Mm. Uh, so we'll take care of those things. We will check every window door to make sure that it like if it's a slider that it slides smoothly that it locks appropriately we found a window that slammed down and could definitely break a child's finger we made it sure that we made a report to the owner on that recently what else do we do we check all the major appliances so we will wow. bake cookies in your oven <laughs> we will do this for you like, yes we, yes it's a sacrifice you guys are willing to make exactly you understand so <laughs> yes we will make sure the oven and if your fridge has water and ice in the door a lot of times they'll plug it in and the, if fridge works but they haven't connected the water and the ice we'll make sure that mm. that's been done that the dishwasher runs that the washing machines work all of those so in our multi-point inspection we will get the locks where you want them to go and then we definitely will organize the entire kitchen and any owner's closets you have even if it's seven of them we will do that oh my gosh this is like full service batteries in the remote like everything you can think of yeah we we wow. definitely when we're there we're like oh we need to add this to the list we're going to do this for people this is a this is a sticking point this is something that's stressing people out or i mean it's amazing when when people go to do their own furniture they're like it'll take me two hours to build a bed and it's like yeah, I will. And then it'll take you another 10 minutes to put the encasement on and then another five minutes to put the and then you'll on. realize you had the wrong power drill and it's an hour long Home Depot visit. Mm -hmm. Right. It just becomes more and more and more. And we just make sure we have a list going in. So we know that when we have a little bit of downtime, we're going to check every window. We're going to check every faucet to make sure that the water flow is appropriate. It's not too weak or it's not weird and that you're getting hot and cold water at an appropriate amount of time and it's not scalding and it's not too mm -hmm. cool. Like, yeah, we're going to check everything. We will be guest ready. Would you advise that hosts like publish their listing prior to you coming there or start accepting any bookings before you guys come? Like how certain, I know you said you're there for seven days, but how certain are you that you'll be out of there in those seven days? If you find there's a water pressure issue or the window is slamming down, are there usually repairs needed after you guys leave or is it like good to go? Usually because contractors are still lingering when we get there, mm. when we find things that are going wrong, we'll be like, hey, can you come and take care of this real quick? And that also helps hurry them out because mm. they realize their punch list starts to get longer the, the longer <laughs> we're around. But often... 
as long as you've used our receiving service and you've used a designer to do the ordering, I think honestly, it's when the, the new owners are deeply involved in the project. Like, I love you, but you're a little slower <laughs> and it's just a little bit more cumbersome. We definitely work with them, but when we use a designer to do the ordering, when we use our company to do the, the receiving and the install, it makes it so seamless that even if Wayfair or one of the other online places doesn't deliver like they're supposed to, we can get a replacement in there quickly mm -hmm. um, and we can get you guest ready and, and ready to go. So how many Home Depot and Lowe's trips are you averaging per install? <laughs> oh, I, I am Cause mine not... is like three a day when we're in install mode. Is that, is that normal or is that just me? I would say we do a lot more online ordering when we can, because if we okay. can get Amazon to bring it in two days, we'll switch and we'll go on a different task. I also come with a full 50 pound bag of tools. And mm -hmm. so I have this, all of the tools. I have things to fix things. Like I have a variety of glues and adhesives and different odds and ends that will fix things so that I save time. Gotcha. Yeah. My dad always says, he's like, you know how when people are buying a home, they're like trying to figure out which school district it's in. And he's like, don't worry about the schools. Just make sure you're close to a Home Depot. Like that's the, last, the most important. Yeah. The last house I bought was like 40 minutes from Home Depot, but there was an Ace Hardware a mile down the road. And I was like, that'll do. We'll be fine. Okay. That'll yeah. do. Okay, Kim, what I would love to wrap on with you is if somebody listened to all this and they're not convinced they want to hire you, I don't know how to help them. But if they still feel that way and they want to DIY this and, and attempt to go at this alone, what what tips can you give somebody who wants to launch their listing on their own? Well, you've been warned. You. you guys just heard the full job description <laughs> scope of what Kim does with her team. But if you still want to yeah. go at it alone, what how can how can they ease this process? I, I have a few things that I think are really, really important. One thing that people inevitably forget, even my teams will start to forget sometimes. I'm like, ah, 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 now come on, we know better, is you want to put your rugs down first. I cannot say this enough, but put your rugs down first because if you start assembling your king size bed and then you put a king size 12, 16 inch mattress on it, because this is a property fit for like a true king and it is big, bulky and huge. And then you try to slide a rug under a king bed. You have taken a five minute task and for one person and you've turned it into like a 30 minute task for three people that includes heavy lifting. Why are we doing that? Let's not do that. So put your rugs down before your couches, before your beds, before your big, heavy, huge, massive dining table. Like, please, I implore you to do that. <laughs> I think that's really key. Uh, another key I have is we will wash all of the linens and towels. We love to take it to a laundromat whenever possible. And we will take all of the twin full queen king sheets and we put them in separate washers. I don't care if it costs us a little bit more money. It saves us on time because mm -hmm. we're not going, is this a king or a queen? And we will put the same size item. Hip. Okay. And we will take the whole laundromat and we'll do it all in like one wash, one dry cycle, but we keep it all organized in that way. That's and then other tips tip. I have. So as each load is just coming out of the dryer, you can have one person and they're like, okay, twins are all folded. Like that's done over here. Queens are out next. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like 
keep yourself from lifting heavy stuff if you can help it. And if you're going to hire out, if you're doing this on your own and you're going to get like some help, get the help for the hardest stuff that you've got to think like days ahead. Because if you're going to try to do it in a week and I would say I do, I love a Pinterest fail for like my hobby. I love to try a weird craft and I see it on YouTube and I'm like, oh, I got this and I never got it. So <laughs> if you see uh, my team do this in a week, think about it and like the crafts that you try to do. It never goes that way in real mm -hmm. life because we do this all the time. We're good. But if you're going to try it, you want to hire out the hardest parts, the part that's going to make you the most frustrated, the part that's going to leave you the most sore, because you have to do this tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And if your frustration, like if you get to a boiling point, it takes a long time to recover. So you want to do the jobs that you can recover quickly from so that you can keep going physically and mentally. So that's my tip. So do all the heavy stuff the first two days, get all the kitchen stuff done by day three and the outdoor furniture done by day three. That way you have all a lot of your garbage off site and you can really start mm -hmm. to see what you're working with and then save pillow day for day five. I love a pillow day um, because we all get to sit. It's still working. It's still really productive, but we get to sit and stuff pillows and then we chuck them around the house and we just have a good time. And we know that we're cresting to the end. I don't plan anything for day six. That is when everything hits the fan and it is, just, it is just like we're just wrapping up anything that was a problem earlier that we couldn't resolve is getting resolved on day six day seven is cleaning up working with the cleaners staging for photography and getting the heck out of there mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of our that's our seven day plan i i really like that perspective of how you kind of like prioritize biggest pieces of trash you can get out first i've never thought about it like that when we've done our installs i've always gone like room by room i think that was just how i kept my sanity but you end up shifting the clutter just back and forth back and forth back and forth and with this method you're actually getting it out by just starting with rugs first and then your heavy furniture that's really smart yeah, we we have, I mean, we've done this over time and we've done it the hard way and we choose now to do it the easier, more efficient way. Mm -hmm. uh, and we find sometimes on job sites, we're like, we say seven days, but honestly, sometimes we finish very quickly, but we have to give owners and designers and furniture time to ship in those seven days. If we cut our window shorter, it puts the stress back on the owner. And everything we do is about taking stress off of the owner. But sometimes we have plenty of time to work on our next project and plan our next thing and do team meetings and sometimes go out for dinner and enjoy the neighborhood because we work so efficiently this way. I'm I'm glad you said that too, because I know you went into this with the seven day timeline and I'm sure you've done everything from like under a thousand square feet to, you know, 4,000 plus. And so I was kind of wondering why the seven days, but that makes sense. That's the timeline you kind of need to just make sure that things are arriving within that window. You can't condense that. So really seven days is like what you're locked in. And then you're just adjusting the number of people that you need to pull off that seven day. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And sometimes the furniture, you don't know that you're going to get something that you pull out of the box and set and it's done. And, and other times you pull out of the box and it's got 600 parts and pieces and mm -hmm. I don't know, a thousand screws. And so you often don't know what you're going to get with furniture that way. What is your method for just task management while you're there? I know that you walk in with a list, but we all know, like you said, you know, you might have just thought, okay, this one bedroom, it's going to be rug, bed, two nightstands. 
side lamps and hang up the artwork behind it. And then you realize that the bed has a broken support beam. Now that's a whole extra thing. Like as you're ticking things off, the list is also growing. So how are you managing those things? Usually we find a big scrap of cardboard and a Sharpie. And it's, we just have this ongoing list of like, this is what we're doing today. These are the plans every day we must complete to this. Like we have a level of completion we must get to, but then we have this new list of all of the little things that got added to the list today. And that's why day six is a non-scheduled day because day six is just managing this, like, I don't know, 150 new little tiny annoying things that we just have to button up before we leave. Okay. Okay. So you gave yourself that whole extra day grace period. I like that a lot too, that you put like the non-negotiables, like what you have to reach by the end of each day. Cause I've gone into it before where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do 20 things on the list today and then 20 subtasks appear. And so technically you haven't made a dent in the list, but you've still been productive. So you're giving yourself an actual like action point and whatever little subtasks get added, like roll with it and get it done. Yes, exactly. And, you know, everything is different. We we start with a plan and the plan kind of goes out the window because it's mm-hmm. been modified or changed or we have a contractor so we can't finish the kitchen on day three because he's in the kitchen doing like the kitchen is cordoned off. So we know we have to put that on day six and we have to move things around. But in essence, we come in with a pretty strong plan so that when changes happen, we're just like, oh, no big deal. We can just move this, move this and we're still ready to go. If you're anything like me, you got into the short-term rental game looking for passive income. And since then, you've found that managing your listing is anything but passive. Sound familiar? Between messaging guests, managing your calendar, overseeing maintenance, it's a lot to tackle, and Hospitable is here to help. Hospitable saves hosts like you time by taking recurring tasks and guest messaging off your plate. You can automate responses to common questions, schedule messages throughout the booking flow, and even get AI to draft messages for you. You'll also be able to manage your calendar across booking channels from one place and can integrate with third-party tools like smart locks and dynamic pricing. Hospitable is the highest rated software in the industry with a 4.9 out of 5 rating. Hospitable gives you confidence to automate more of your short-term rental management so you can get more of your valuable time back. Try Hospitable for free with a 14-day trial. And if you use this link, you'll get an additional 25% off for three full months. Just head to hospitable.com slash no vacancy. Again, that's hospitable.com slash no vacancy to claim your offer. Hospitable. Sleep easy, host confidently. Can I ask what a typical day six does look like for you? I know you said you leave it blank just for those extra things, but in the past, what what kind of things have ended up overlapping and pushing on to that day six? I, we had one job in New York where the dining table legs did not get delivered. And it was this big, beautiful dining table. And you could see it from the kitchen, from the sunroom, from the living room, from the front door there. We didn't have legs. We just had the top and it's, there was, and the top was stone. The package just didn't include the legs. It didn't arrive. Well, it was two packages. They delivered a couch and a dining table. So they marked off two boxes and left. And we were like, now wait a minute. And because of a holiday or whatever, we had to drive two hours one way to go pick up the dining table legs. And the owner was like, you don't have to do that. And I'm like, no, listen, you cannot take photos. You cannot, you cannot have a finished product 
without this like centerpiece being the centerpiece. You just have like an empty dining room and it looked terrible. So we, I had one of my team lovingly just go out and drive the whole distance and, and get the, get the dining table legs and bring them back. She started early, early in the morning so that she could still get back at a reasonable time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was there at opening at like 9am, but we, we got them back. We got the dining table set up we had a beautiful presentation. So that was a, that was a day six thing. You know, it, it varies widely. Day right. six is just a mystery, but you, <laughs> I really tell everybody like homeowners, you, you have to hear me. You cannot plan for seven days. You have to yeah. plan for less because like you said, the amount of like random things that come up, they, it, it takes an entire day. Um, no, that is so smart. I've never gone into a single install, like thinking to leave myself a full free day, but I, that's like my biggest takeaway from this whole conversation. Cause yeah, the way that things get added in the end, it's just like, it's literally one step forward, three steps back when you're in like those last 48 hours, it's always like the last 10% of the install takes 90% of, of the time. It really does. And that's true for contractors too. And they don't plan that either. And that is why they're always on site when we still get there because they're dealing with the same thing we are. I just think that we do it better. After this episode, I am like convinced that your email inbox or inquiry form is going to be completely full. Like the amount of things you just tackled, anyone who's done this can is just like nodding their head listening in agreement but I think for somebody who hasn't done this yet you really do not understand the scope of what is involved in a in a property setup so I hope that you enlightened a lot of people today I know we had a lot of listeners nodding along if people want to inquire with you or get on the wait list or start communication with you to work with you it's just launchedhost.com it is and if you're on Facebook I'm on Facebook a lot I post my entire life on Facebook you'll see all the installs on Facebook and you can reach me on Messenger if that's easier for you I will say I'm more on Facebook than I am my my website because I'm okay. always at installs so my, the website <laughs> is what it is it definitely takes a back burner to people's homes but you can reach me in both places Okay, so just send a message on Facebook and Kim will get back to you there. This was really, really helpful. I took some tips away for my future DIY installs, but more than likely, I'll probably just call you. So thank you so much, Kim. I love it. I love it. When people send you a message, just the last thing, is there like subject line or something they should use to like organize the inquiries? Or also, is there like only certain markets that you guys work in or just everybody just go send Kim a message and show? We have not worked outside the United United States yet. So if you are outside the United States, I am up for a challenge, but it would definitely take uh, me like put my big girl panties on to figure that out. But we would love to go outside the United States. But that's the one place we have not yet ventured. Have you done Alaska and Hawaii yet? I have not done Alaska or Hawaii, but I've personally visited them both many times. And so I am familiar with some things about them. I would just be curious on like how shipping times change or something when you're out of the continental U.S. I don't know. I, I have a- something, something's going to go wrong no matter what. So oh, you may as well just go. <laughs> we plan for that. In fact, we always say there's going to be chaos that we, we are not sure of. One time, I hate to say it was a mass shooting in the in the 
in the location within 30 minutes of the house the week before we went out there. And we really struggled to get local help because the whole town was mourning and stressful. But I mean, that's a terrible thing, but there's always going to be unexpected chaos and we expect the unexpected. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect that, but still there's always something crazy that happens. Oh my gosh, that's so tragic. Did you guys feel unsafe the week that you were there or was it just hard to rally the the town and locals to come help out? We didn't. I had a plan to get high school kids to come and help us and it was clearly not the time. Um, they oh had to handle themselves and, and not take on new things. So I had to resort to plan B that worked out just fine. But yeah, there's, there's always something that comes up. And as long as we expect it, I mean, that, that rattled me a little bit. We did our research before we went out there. It was like the person was caught. So it was all right. Mm. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, thank you again, Kim, for everything you shared. We will drop in the show notes, Kim's website, and then I'll put your Facebook profile too. So people can just shoot you a DM over there. Awesome. I love it. Thanks so much. Thank you. And finally, for this week's Am I the Airbnb Hole, we've got another classic case of the entitled influencer looking for a free stay. Let's go ahead and read this screenshot. This host posted, Hi, Sarah. I'm so sorry the owner decided to decline your offer, but really appreciate you sending them the information. She replied and said, Okay, please let them know this wasted a significant amount of my time and also prevented me from supporting other hosts willing to say yes right away. Just as some feedback for them, they need to be more responsible as this wasted a lot of my time and also impacts my own travel and my career. Wishing them the best, but ensure they remain responsible because this took away from another host today and impacted my personal travel plans. Wishing you the best. Okay, Sarah, no. We are not doing this. You are trying to get a free, a free stay. Okay. You do not also get to come in with this entitlement of like, you wasted my time. The The part that is so rich to me is when she says, this took away from another host today. Took what away? Took what away? That other host that I don't even believe exists, if I'm being totally honest, but that other host that this took away from, you weren't going to pay them. You were fishing for a free goddamn stay. All right. So let's not pretend that somebody was screwed over because you weren't able to give them money. The entire point of this little fishing expedition, Miss Sarah, the influencer, was to try and get a free stay. Okay. So, no, let's chill with the entitlement. Like, it is one thing. It is one thing to come in and ask for the free stay. Much as it bothers me, like, can't knock a girl for trying. Okay. It is one thing to ask for that. But then to get mad at the person for reviewing the inquiry and taking a little bit too long to get back to you when you weren't you had nothing on the line to risk give me a break that this impacted your travel plans your 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 travel plans and and your time for what to sit around posting reels all day okay okay sweetheart um no let's let's come back down to earth let's get back to the real world and let's not behave like this okay and to these other fictional hosts out there that this didn't even happen that we took an opportunity away from them Give me a break. What opportunity was taken? Their opportunity to block off days and host your entitled ass for free? I, I think that we probably did them a favor by not letting them accept your inquiry. Okay? Goodbye, Sarah. You're the Airbnb hole. This host dodged a bullet. So happy they don't have to host you. And with that, it is now checkout time. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you back here next week. 
Lastly, as Airbnb hosts, we all can appreciate a good five-star review. So you already know a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me. Please subscribe, review, share, and connect with me in the show notes below. Bye.